Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Todd and Taylor Show, and another edition of Coffee and Comics. I am Todd A. I am Taylor Trask. How are you doing, Taylor? I'm just lovely. I guess we should tell our listeners, we just finished recording a, another episode of the show, so we're, we're doing a twofer on a Sunday morning. We just got, we got so excited, we wanted to, to do two. So if you just listened to the one where we, well, I don't even want to say, should we say what we reviewed? I guess, do we? Oh, Sure. So we were just um, reviewed Paper Girls in our and last I episode. Hate Yeah, and so yeah. We, we're starting this one. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to uh, that review and then also listen to our first uh, episode where we talk about Pyongyang and Rocket Girl. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, I, I mean, we, we generally start these out uh, talking about what coffee we're drinking. I'm still drinking the uh, vanilla iced coffee that I got at Starbucks this morning. <laughs> How about yourself? Did you refresh or are you... I am just about polishing off my Dunkin' Donuts small latte. So excellent, man! Do you get a do you get a syrup in that? Do you have like a caramel latte no. or vanilla latte? No, 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 straight I, latte. Okay. I go straight. The only time during the year where I ever entertain that because uh, it's you know, basically once you start introducing syrup, it's you, it's more or less pudding, right? Pudding with caffeine. So at, the only time oh, during the year where I, I do that is the pumpkin spice latte, which is now nine dollars. So I can only do that like once or twice, then I'm I'm played out for the the year oh man yeah i still have to put a little bit in i don't do the full default syrup but i you know i do a couple of pumps um of the vanilla ah. anyway that uh i did you know i also had coffee cake i was gonna have this morning but um <laughs> i i'm just not really feeling it at this point where well, i got i'm ah. high from what we talked about in our last episode and we stopped and i immediately said let's do the next one uh i'm so excited to tell you what my pick is you're going to be excited to hear it because we do not tell each other before this. No, we do. Uh, we keep these secrets so that we can be surprised just like you, the uh, listener at home. Yeah, we want to surprise each other. And this one was uh, – and and this is uh, – we, we want to be surprised. We, we've talked about you know privately, oh, how crazy would it be when we, if we picked the same thing. <laughs> now, yeah. if I had picked the same thing we talked about in the last episode, uh, I would have jumped in there. But what I did pick for this week is Little Marvel A versus X by Scotty oh, Young. <laughs> how about that? And Scotty Young, if you listen to our last episode, is the author and illustrator of I Hate Fairyland. So this is a Scotty Young twofer today. Yeah, and I wavered on whether to do this one or like another, like a serious uh, comic, because uh, as we've been styling these episodes as Coffee and Comics, in the very first one, I did like a, a fun uh, time traveling action one called Rocket Girl, and Taylor did the very serious <laughs> travelogue uh, Pyongyang, <laughs> and then uh, in the last episode, I did Paper Girls, which is, you know, in, in between, a more serious sci-fi, but, but still, you know, a fun uh, sci-fi thing, oh, yeah. um, and Taylor went went the other direction and did the very silly and fun. I hate fairyland. Uh, so I kind of, I, I felt, uh, yesterday as I was picking out what to talk about, I thought I got to pick something real serious so that I can, <laughs> I can be the one with like gravitas for once, but no, I decided to talk about little Marvel, which, um, if you don't know, uh, Scotty young, I think primarily, but definitely with some other collaborators, artists and writers, um, did a series of Marvel comics with the Marvel characters, specifically the X-Men and the Avengers, um, where they're rendered, they're just drawn in his silly style, his cartoony style, where they they look like little kids. Mm -hmm. um, and when this came out, when the individual uh, issues of this came out, uh, I actually picked one up. I, 
I believe I was, I think I was at that time traveling to see uh, my niece and nephew and thought, oh, this will be a fun thing to bring with me and like read to my niece and show her the pictures because it'll translate. You know, it's like little kids that are dressed like Spider-Man and stuff. Um, and so I had already seen this before I grabbed the trade. Uh, and I would never ordinarily think of grabbing the trade. You know, it's not like a story that you've, mm-hmm. you, you gotta get into or something or that, like, you know, that I, <laughs> that I needed resolved because of the one issue I'd gotten. Um, I, it was simply for the same reason. I thought, Oh, this will be fun. I'll take it to my, you know, my niece again, and I'll have like a little comic book I can read with her. Um, there, I think when it came out, I definitely viewed it with, uh, a heavy, heavy side eye. However, we want to say that like a really great side eye because, um, DC had done a great series called Lil Gotham, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, I know Dustin Nguyen was the artist on it. Uh, and he may have actually been the writer as well. I am sorry that I don't know that. Oh, there were two creators on that. Um, Derek Friedolfs is the other one. And I, I'm not sure if he was a writer or just a creator. And anyway, uh, the Lil Gotham stories, I actually really love. I love Dustin Nguyen's art anyway, and it's, uh, greatly watercolor art. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he did was he just kind of compacted the Batman characters, the whole Gotham, you know, uh, the rogues gallery and all the heroes. So they look kind of kid like, but they're not kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the very cool things about low Gotham, uh, volume one, which I believe was told through separate issues was that each issue, each chapter was sort of a different holiday. So you got this volume one that kind of went through the year of like, Hey, here's the bat family at Thanksgiving and here they are at Christmas and here's Valentine's day. There were all these fun little riffs on the holidays um, that were really actually great to share with kids Um, because I, I got that from my niece and I, I would read those stories to her and I would make up a lot of the dialogue um, you know, just to make it kind of sillier and stuff. But the pictures were always like kind of the, you know, the bat family having Thanksgiving. It was very, kid focused even though the characters were basically exactly where they are uh in age you know mm-hmm. batman was an was an adult um and robin was a child and nightwing was a young adult you know that kind of thing yeah yeah in in little marvel which i believe has also been retitled young marvel probably so it doesn't draw total comparisons they're definitely kids like mm-hmm. so they've got the x and the adventure as kids and the irony there is that it's like they're drawn in this cartoonish way as kids and they're, they're sort of in like kid battles. Like if, you know, kids had all these superpowers <laughs> and they're getting in fights in their treehouse and stuff. So it's mm. kind of fun in that way, but the writing is pretty much not translatable to children. Oh. Um, like if I sit down with my niece and nephew with this, I'm going to have to explain things like not just sort of make up dialogue and, and, you know, kind of gloss over bits, but like, I would just have to, you know, I'm gonna. There's gonna be so many questions. Like, why is he mad at him? Why are they in this mm. web? What's going on? It's like it just doesn't really. It's not a story told for kids. It's a story for adults who already know these characters and want to see them kind of made fun of in a way that's you know in this style of art. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, on one hand, it's um like it's a it's a fun read. It's fun to pick up if you like the art of Scotty Young. It's pretty fun, but it's I I do feel having gone through it as a volume, like ah. You know, I'll, I'll give this to the kids, but it's, I, it's not going to have the same resonance, you know, he write Uh, it as well, or did he just illustrate? He did. He did write. So in this episode and it's, um, in this trade paperback, I should say, uh, even though I've looked at the, you know, the credits and the sort of, um, fine print in the first page, 
it's uh, it looks like they've only compiled two different sets of comics. But when you read it, it's really three stories. Um, there's one story about uh, the X-Men and the Avengers um, basically fighting on the city streets of this neighborhood. Uh, a lot of it circles around uh, food trucks, food vendors, like them sort of selling different kinds of food. You know, Iceman sells ice cream and <clears throat> uh, Captain America only sells hot dogs at his little street vendor cart. And Thor has like brontosaurus ribs or something. Um, <laughs> and they get in these little just fights, you know, and Iron Man sells everything. And he has this like super high tech cart that can food truck that can make anything you want. Um, so they just sort of ruin each other's day. You know, Storm makes it rain on um, Iron Man's truck and you know, Hulk eats all the hamburgers and that kind of thing. And then the next story is about these two twins that appear to have superpowers and how the X-Men kids and the Avenger kids are sort of trying to uh, recruit them to their separate treehouse. Their headquarters are in different treehouses. Um, and... <laughs> I want to read this so, so bad. I'm just, I'm like so, Googling while you talk about it. I'm like, yeah, oh, this yeah. is so fun. So that's kind of where the, you know, where the weird explanations come in is because obviously the creators of this know the universe so well yeah. that it's more, more so than just being in jokes for adults. Like we've all seen those kids movies that have great lines just for the adults to enjoy. This is one of those where it kind of crosses it like, man, that's like a big point. And now you're going to have, it's going to be hard to explain that to a kid. Like why is Wolverine in both the Avengers treehouse and the X-Men treehouse? Because he's been <laughs> on both. I love it's like that. More, you know, more than just like, like that's a joke for adults, you know, yeah, where yeah, he, yeah. Uh, you know, Spider-Man shows up in the Avengers thing and they're like, Hey, wait, you're an Avenger. And he's like, yeah, they're pretty loose with the guest list around here, you know? Um, so, uh, so that, that's, you know, those two stories, the kind of the, little food vendor story fight in the neighborhood and the trying to lure the twins to their team. Those are just kind of fun stories as I'm describing them to you. And then the weird thing is like the third story in this book was apparently from some series of issues called the a babies versus the X babies. And it's okay. like literal babies. And I don't think Scotty did the art on that one, or at least not all of it. Someone else is credited. Um, so it kind of looks like they've taken Scotty's style and made it more childlike and that one just doesn't make any sense to me you know it's like if if you have a like kid wolverine or a kid you know kid captain america or something those are kind of fun concepts but a baby captain america that has some yeah. issue with like baby x-men i mean it was like they literally starts out in a crib and i'm i'm going this is really dumb wow. um I mean, that's, let me ask you this. How much of this leans into sort of, you know, we were we were young enough when Muppet Babies, but more probably specifically Tiny Toons came out. Does this kind of feel like it leans into sort of like a lot of what Tiny Toons may have done, if you remember that far back? Or does that, does that a reference a, point, you know? That's actually a great, that's a great reference point. Uh, and I'm old enough that Muppet Babies is probably the analog for me. But <laughs> <laughs> neither, but Muppet Babies, that was just, that was, you know, for real tiny children. Yeah. Um, but tiny tunes was one of those things where I think you could enjoy it as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's as the kid at that age, I think, I think we were probably at the age where we already knew we were maybe a little too old for it, but uh -huh. it, you know, it had jokes back to cartoons that were, you know, before our generation. So we sort of like got, you know, could, I don't know, there's just a, a fun back and forth there. So I do think that's a good reference point. Cause I think you can read it as an adult. If you just like Scotty's, Young's art and go, oh, this is, you know, this is fun to look at and fun to get these sort of jokes between the X-Men and Avengers. Um, 
And, you know, it's no real big deal if you skip that third story where they're babies. Like, it's not, none of this is obviously like, it's not canon or anything. You don't, you know, you're not going to care about it going on. I was actually surprised to learn that I think there's another volume of this. um, Which is, uh, or or, yeah, I I didn't know about this at all until this morning when I Googled it, um, where there's a, another young Marvel called Little X-Men, Little Avengers, Big Trouble. So um, I'm, (laughs) And it's weird to say that I'm actually curious about that now. Like, what's what's happening in that one? Um, it, you know, and I might end up picking it up. Just I might, uh, especially based on your uh, review in the last episode of I Hate Fairyland. I'm kind of I kind of want to see what Scotty Young's been up to when he, you know, when he's poking around with uh, canon characters like the X Men and the Avengers. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'll I, I'll give another. Uh, not to make this like a twofer, but one of the reasons I got interested in actually just, well, I didn't track down this, this TPB at all. Like I just walked past it on a shelf and went, Oh wow. They collected that and mm. bought it. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like I was looking for it or anything like that. It just caught my eye and I grabbed it. Um, uh, but one of the reasons it caught my eye was because um, a few months earlier, it actually bought an adult coloring book, which was the young Marvel characters drawn by Scotty Young. And I thought that was super fun. I mean, it's hard to say that was an adult coloring book, but it was in the coloring book section of comic book stores, which, you know, we all, we all probably know that that's what they have now or like these adult comic books where it's just the inks of a comic book and, you know, Oh yeah. Left, yeah. Left yeah. Color in. Um, so, and, uh, our, our friend Drew Huddleston also had that we, we've, he and I have discovered over Instagram that we both have that coloring book because <laughs> we've shared awesome. separate images from it. Um, and they're, you know, th- those are just, that's really fun. Like it's, it, that's, you know, it's the heroes of the Marvel universe depicted in this sort of <laughs> squished, you know, childlike version in these big action poses with some comedy mixed in. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm, I'm, looking really- at, I'm looking at though, it looks like Scotty Young's art works perfectly for this. Like I'm oh, just yeah. like, flipping through different pages and stuff and it's like, oh, this and especially having now experienced him in I Hate Fairyland, like I, I really, I'm even more jazzed to to check this out. Yeah, it's it, it is funny, and I I just you know with the one caveat I have that I described, which is it's to me, Lil Gotham stories work better for kids mm-hmm. because um, because they are you know oriented around that, like around holidays or around the the Batman family truly being a family, you know, mm-hmm. like when you think of that, like, Oh, it's, you know, it's Batgirl and Batwoman and Nightwing and Robin and Batman all sitting down to a dinner or something like those are little, those are stories you can share with kids. It's not just the sort of made up conflict, the Avengers versus X-Men, which is a tie into the, I mean, it's not really a tie in, but it's a reference to the Avengers versus X-Men comic book series, which of course kids would have no idea <laughs> why that's even happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the strange thing is that the little Gotham art where it's so heavily watercolor and it's been several years since I read that to my niece. So she was much younger, you know, probably like uh, between four and five years old when I went through little Gotham mm-hmm. and I don't think her eyes sort of processed the watercolor mm-hmm. in the, like, like the young Marvel, little Marvel stuff is much more cartoony and it's round and the colors are filled in, you know, like completely mm-hmm. on a uniform or something. Whereas Dustin Nguyen's watercolor in little Gotham, you know, there's sort of streaks in it and it's not all just like a block of color. It just doesn't, 
they don't read that symbolism the same way. So it's just mm -hmm. sort of ironic to me that one's written for kids and drawn for adults and the other one's, you know, drawn for kids and written for adults. But, Interesting. Um, but I think you can have fun with both of them. Um, so I didn't mean to make that a two for a three for now, but um, that was my pick. <laughs> Lil Marvel, AVX. <laughs> well, what about you? I, this week I went uh, kind of in a, in a more sort of uh, stoic direction, um, I guess. It, strangely, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I don't know if this is uh, – you're going to hear it, though, and be like, that's not stoic at all. It is a drawn and quarterly pick um, because as as we both love image, I think we both also equally yeah. love drawn and quarterly. And I have such a, a, a sort of a wide selection in my library to choose from them that I, I feel you know I wanted to dive in. And it's the book Wilson by Daniel Close. Oh, and uh, this is one of those books where I didn't you – know, I'd always kind of seen it but didn't really pay much mind until the – uh, movie came out earlier this year starring Woody Harrelson and they, you know, they opened the trailer with like based on the graphic novel or the, the acclaimed graphic novel. So immediately I'm like, Ooh, I have to check that out. Um, and the trailer is you know really funny and interesting. And it, it kind of gives you a, a glimpse of it. So I went and bought the, the hardcover and I freaking love this book. Um, it's, it's going to be a little tricky to review in the traditional sense because it's not while it is a, there's a story arc start to finish it's a lot more like Garfield or Charlie Brown, where there are, um, you know, each page is like a sequence, you know, a six or seven panel sequence. And that sequence is a glimpse into the life of Wilson. And then the next page is a different sequence. So it's not like it's, you know, 25 consecutive panels that just run together. Although each sequence or each page, to, you know, back to back over the course of the book equal a, a greater story, but you're always seeing a different point it's it's linear time but you're always seeing a different point in that in that place so in like one you know one sequence he might be talking to some neighbor and then you know the next sequence he's at a restaurant and then they go on and like at some point like the neighbor walks by him again like later on so you just you would determine that it's a different time the other thing that's interesting is that each page or each sequence is uh, illustrated completely differently with a different style so one might be hyper realistic one might be more black and white one might be more you know, very simple Garfield-like lines. Um, one might be, uh, you know, a lot more sort of like what you'd find in the 70s or is more watercolor or is more just like stenciling. So it's it's really cool, like for someone like me who really appreciates art and just what comics can do to see page by page that evolution. Um, and some some drawing styles, you know, repeat eventually, but they're never back to back. Um, so Daniel Close just seeing what he's capable of as an artist was really interesting. And the fact that he wrote it obviously too is, is a huge help. We, you know, we talked a little bit about that with, um, I hate fairyland and, um, and Scotty young. I think that with the way he does the art, it does, as you go through at first, I thought it was maybe random, but the art style does lend itself to the, to the uh, sequence of the panels in any given page. I think, you know, if you were to replay some of these panels with a different art style, it wouldn't work as well. So the stuff, you know, maybe, maybe the more mundane aspects of Wilson's life are drawn more like Charlie Brown, which is very, you know, you know, grass and a sky is the background. And then like you know, the characters interacting and it's very, you know, very one dimensional, um, maybe stuff that's a little bit more heightened or a little bit more surreal has something, you know, has a different um, artistic bend, or if he's more depressed, um, you know, the sky is grayer, like his lines are a little thicker, or darker. So you kind of, you get to kind of see him isolated from the world. There's, there's this one drawing style and I'm actually looking at page 16 and 17. If you want to play at home, um, <laughs> where the, 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 pa the panel on the left is called still alive. And the panel on the right is called fat chicks. And it's like the panel on the left it's, or the, the sequence on the left. It's very 
you know, very, a lot of lines, a lot of detail Um, you know, him, you know, as an actual, like he's drawn like an actual, like human person on the right side, his nose is exaggerated. Like everything is exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, he's, he, he sees a, a, a heavier set woman walk by and he literally says, I'll never understand it. Why do guys hate fat chicks so much? And he's talking about, you know, he's basically paying her a backhanded compliment. She's not standing by him, but he's going on. And I feel like by exaggerating his nose and his like features and stuff, it's, it just makes his dialogue in this case more interesting. Like there's, you know, there's another level or another layer. Um, I do, I, I realize I should probably kind of read the description because people are like, wait, fat chicks, what? The description on the back is uh, Wilson is a big hearted slob, a lonesome bachelor, a devoted father and husband, an idiot, a sociopath, a delusional blowhard, a delicate flower and hundred percent Wilson esque. And it's, it's basically this guy named Wilson who's like just this complete like narcissistic kind of like just total, total mess. You know, he's probably on this. He's definitely on the spectrum. Um, I mean, like he'll walk up to people and just like start having these conversations or like he'll be walking his dog. Right. And like, you know, there's my, one of my favorite ones is called cute dog. And he's like walking his dog whistling, you know, a woman walks by and she's like, what a cute dog. You know, then a guy walks by, he's like, Oh, cute dog. Next panel. Hi cutie. And then there's another panel where a guy just walks by and then it shows Wilson in the final panel, like looking back at that guy going fucking asshole, just because like he didn't say anything about his dog. Right. Like he's, and then there's like another one where he, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with his dog that use that as a device, but he's at an air, you know, an airport and he just, uh, you know, he looks over, you know, it, kind of worst nightmare for most of us. We're sitting there just minding our own business and he just looks over, he's all kind of disheveled and he just goes, you know, what's your line of work, brother? What do you do? And the guy's like, excuse me. And he just all of a sudden starts having this conversation with this guy who doesn't want it at all. And he's just like waxes <laughs> on about his, like his ideas about the world or just like his, his position on the world. And so it's like, it's really interesting. Like you get a sense of that. If you watch the Woody Harrelson trailer, a lot of that humor is, is baked into that movie. I've seen the movie since that came oh, okay. out. And I will say the book is way better. Not that the movie isn't, but I feel like the book can jump around. Like it's really hard to tell a, a completely linear story with this character. Like it gets a little, t- it's just, it's too much. You need to have it broken up by times and you need to feel like the best jokes work where they can like deliver the joke, move on to the next one. Um, and it's very much the way this book works. You could easily see this have as being like a collection of newspaper strips from the past like 15 years. Um, because each one is so self-contained that it would fit nicely on like the funny pages of a newspaper, but it's, it's, it was, you know, they're all drawn and written for a book, but it's very much like it has like a, kind of an anthology collection kind of feel while there's this, the bigger storyline at play is after you kind of get a sense of Wilson as a character in his world, he sees his ex-wife um, who he has divorced a long time ago and finds out that they had a kid together that she put up for adoption. So the two of them, he kind of solicits her into his adventure to go find their daughter. And he wants like, he desperately wants like this family now he's, you know, he's in his like late forties. He's kind of like, you know, he's trying to make up for, for stuff. So he wants his family and the wife, really doesn't want anything to do with it. The daughter certainly doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, you know, so it's kind of like you get to see that kind of adventure. And he, while he's trying to like, you know, have this happy family and these other two people are like, I, why are we here? Why are we doing this? Um, so there's like, at one point he goes to prison. So you get to see him like, you know, how he acts in prison and like how everybody, you know, other prisoners can deal with her or not deal with his, his nonsense. Um, and just kind of, just kind of goes along like that. It's really, it's really fun. Is there a, like, is there a story to the whole thing? Like when you read it, you know, front to back, is there a, 
uh, narrative there? Yeah, this, I mean, the, basically the story of him finding, you know, finding his ex-wife, having uh, trying to build a relationship with her, and then finding his daughter, and then everything that happens after that. That is a story, um, even though it's, even though it's chopped up into little sequences and you know that that are scattered over time the time doesn't jump around so you can at least you know that like the events you're reading now came after uh, the events you just read gotcha. so it's it's sequential in that way but it's not like linear start to finish it's like you know you might see him on a tuesday having some conversation with a person and then the very next page it jumps to like saturday when he's walking his dog you know or like you know stuff happening between which is funny because especially when he meets his wife and kid um you know, there's a lot of stuff like in the cracks that they don't talk about that they'll reference. And you're like, Oh, what happened? I wonder, you know, like you, you kind of get a sense that like something happened off screen, quote unquote, that was like really interesting or funny. So there's a lot of, a lot of that kind of stuff, but I don't know, just the fact that every sequence is, is drawn differently. Um, and then it's just, I mean, that alone is, even if it wasn't that interesting to read, which it is, I would have bought it just for that, you know, that effort. But like the fact that it's really, you, it's jam-packed with good stuff, and the, the jokes are just really funny, um, really fun yeah. character stuff. On on the Drawn and Quarterly website, drawnandquarterly.com slash Wilson, uh, they actually have an excerpt, which is um, the first 16 pages, it looks like. So you Ooh. can really get uh, – I got a feel instantly of like how it bounces back and forth between those styles. Is there a, is there a, a, a theme that develops through the whole thing that the – sort of more quote unquote serious art style is depicting like a real event versus, I guess the way I would interpret it is like the, it looks like page two or something or page eight that I'm looking at, which is, he almost looks like a Mr. Magoo character. Yeah. yeah, It's like, is that really just like internal dialogue? Did that not even happen or internal monologue? You know, like, is there a feeling like the, the realistic panels happened? And the non-realistic. No, it all ha- it all happened. I mean, as far as I can tell, it all happened. But I think okay. like the more realistic stuff tends to like. For example, I'm looking at the one called Oakland, which I think is the page you were talking yeah. about. And he's like, you know, he very much is very simple. What kind of line drawings? Actually, there are panels that are drawn even more simply than this. Um, but this is him just kind of wandering on the street, thinking to himself. And then the next one's <laughs> called Mother, and it's much more like right. he's he's silhouetted, and it's much more he's you know he's very much drawn you know in accurate proportions but it's a very dark moody um you know palette and like this that whole panel is about him thinking about when his mom passed away so it's you know and it's nothing is ever too serious right so like even though he gets into some meaty things he you know he they'll never miss a turn to like just make him either be an asshole or really humanize him i'll i'll tell you what it really reminds me of if you're like what's what's the humor like like what's the if you could think of something did you ever see that um, somebody had photoshopped online uh, Garfield without Garfield? So it's yes. basically just all the John. John stuff. having an existential crisis yes. all the time. Yeah. This is so much like that where you're just like, it's Wilson. <laughs> a lot of it's just him wandering around or in bed thinking to himself, like literally having an existential crisis, just like going through all these like narcissistic, just like kind of just fears and everything. It, it really reminds me. In fact, if you go read this and then go back and read Garfield without Garfield, um, there's a lot, these two guys could be brothers, you know, they could, they could be best friends. <laughs> it just, it has that sort of vibe to it. So it's almost like, uh, Daniel Close saw that and went, Ooh, I'm going to build a whole concept around that idea of just this, the sad man sort of like trying to make sense of the world. Um, and, but he has a lot of heart too. Like you kind of, you don't hate him by the end, but he's just a very, you know, it came out in 2012 or 2010 
And I feel like after reading it in 2017, it's still probably even more so captures modern and urban life and just sort of the existentialism that a lot of people feel living in a city, like not knowing what to do with their lives. And then, you know, feeling like they're incomplete, feeling like they haven't, you know, really having a a tried and true midlife crisis. And this is very much that you get to see a guy kind of experience that at all, all edges of, of this, of that spectrum. And so it's really, it's really kind of cool. And I feel like as I get older, you know, as I get closer to 50, this, this book might be more, more and more relevant to me, or I might pull it out more or feel, or feel differently about it. Interesting. It doesn't, um, I, I mean, not to harp on the movie too much, but, um, I, I'm just curious of how they pulled off the, you know, is there anything in the movie that, that showed those, that attempted visually to show the changes in the drawing style that the comic book has. No, not at all. It's very much a single, single palette all the way through. So again, there's a lot. And and then it was a good try. Like casting Woody Harrelson worked really well. I, it wouldn't have been my first, I mean, I love Woody Harrelson, but I I think there's a couple other actors who may have nailed this a little bit more. Um, But he did, he did fine. Laura Linney was who they cast as his wife. And I don't, wait, was it Laura Linney? Yeah. Um, No, Laura Dern. I'm sorry. Laura Dern. Mm, yeah, um, and she's great too. But if you look at the character in the book, very different. Um, you know, the character in the book, his ex-wife is heavy set, and she's just she's very plain and just very like sort of just you know she's working this kind of dead end job, and just you know he tries to sort of recruit her into his shenanigans and stuff. And Laura Dern's you know Laura Dern's Laura Dern, so she's you know there's she's yeah. always gonna be pretty, and you know just, even if they try to you know haggard her up a little bit she's still gonna be laura dern right so it's like you can't really get past that and i know I, I felt like wilson as an indie film i think would have worked a lot better had they cast been completely unknown so you didn't yeah. know anybody there and i think if they had maybe split it up into three or four chapters like tarantino style where maybe each chapter was filmed a little differently or had a different maybe you you give it to oh, four different point. directors yeah. and have four different directors i mean like almost like uh that uh What's that one where Tarantino four, four rooms, four rooms. Yeah. Yeah. So almost like, I think you set Wilson in a four room style movie verse and have it completely as unknown actors. I think that could have worked incredibly well. Um, right. Almost tell it like in vignettes sort of mm-hmm. like to sort of pay tribute to the uh, comic, but um, yeah, <laughs> it is strange <laughs> that they would just looking at the art. You can tell like how it just each page is mostly a six panel comic. It's really strange for me to try to figure out how they even turn that into a Woody Harrelson movie. But think about this: like each, yeah, the the art is 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 there for a story purpose. But I also think the art is it changes largely to give us that sense of you know the world doesn't always look the same to you as you go through it. Like some days you're sad and the world looks differently. And some days you feel differently about yourself or the way you feel about you know just things that are going on around you. So yeah, the the art changes to reflect that he's not always the world doesn't always look this way and feel this way as he's thinking, like he's going through it and it changes, it evolves. Sometimes it's simpler and more fun and bright. And sometimes it's, you know, heavy and sad and moody or, you know, uh, opaque and in between, like, I really feel like the art does more to sort of suggest as you're going through the stage of your life, it's not always, it's, it's, there's ups and downs. It's, it's, it changes the emotional spectrum changes. So I appreciate that fact. A movie or a film version of this, I don't think is ever going to deliver on that as well as a graphic novel can. Um, the other thing that I like about the, the graphic novel version is the jokes, you know, like the jokes, especially you can do it and then you get, you get out of it and you're on to the next one. Like you don't have to linger. And in a movie, there's right. that, there's too many moments where like, 
either they didn't transition the scene fast enough or they just couldn't. And you're like, you're kind of left hanging on this like joke. And it's like, I, the scene needs to change immediately for that to have the same punch or the same sort of, Oh my God, humor. Like they got, so it's, it's, it's tricky. I don't envy anybody trying to adapt this, but I feel like, you know, if you want to go see the trailer, if you're curious at all, go see the movie trailer, get a sense of kind of the, the character, but then know that the book executes that on a much higher level. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, man, that is that that is so wonderfully said about how the art reflects that character's perspective at that stage in his life and how each day may look different. I mean, that's, yeah, I can't, <laughs> I, we should have just uh, closed the book right on that statement because that was wonderfully <laughs> said. Oh. Um, and I, yeah, and I mean, just flipping through these pages, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm in kind of thing. I heard Close get interviewed about this back when it was released. And um, it was funny to hear now to hear you describe it and for me to actually look at the sample pages versus what I only remember from that interview, whereas he was trying to explain the different styles and the fact that like, it, you know, one might, strip might look like a Dagwood strip and one might look like, you know, uh, the, like a comic book style. Um, and I came away from his interview with a total misapprehension of what this thing looked like. <laughs> so hearing you talk about it and describe it in those terms is uh, really helpful and really Good. gets me into it. Yeah. Man, once again, you've, you've picked a, a, a great serious adult book when I pick a very silly one. <laughs> you know what though? You need all flavors. Like if we just did a, a you know, like a, we, we would sound a little too pretentious if all we did was like, you know, now a book about the, Alaskan fishing festival that happens once every 10 years. It's like those things are interesting, but like, I, I think the best part about our tastes is that they really do run the full gamut of what's possible. And you need, you need the funny stuff. You need the serious stuff. You need the in-between kind of like this. You need like people really, you know, doing things with the art form. I was telling my fiance the other day, it's like, we always, I think people forget, especially like the casual comic reader forgets the last seven-ish years of American comics, you know, what I consider maybe the, the golden age in terms of creativity and really pushing the art form forward. Japan went through this long ago. So Japan and all their manga has been at this for a while. We're just now really figuring out what this art form can do. And I can't wait to see like, you know, another 10 to 20 years, like where, where we are with it, like how, how we've evolved compared to where Japan's evolved with, with just how manga has, has gotten so sharp and so interesting. Um, you know, they, they haven't been afraid to really push the boundaries. That's what I can't, that's what I like about what we're doing in the show is like each week now, I hope people go, Oh my God, I didn't realize, Oh, I didn't realize. And they really like, you know, expose people to stuff that they would never have thought of walking into a store. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, from my perspective, it used to be like there were alternative comics, yeah. which gave you nothing of the things that you got in superhero comics. And then there were superhero comics and that was kind of it. And there was this huge gulf in between them. And yeah, what I've, what I've experienced over the past, like you said, like seven, 10 years or whatever is that, that, that gulf is getting more narrow and we're able to get things like Wilson that aren't totally alternative like that. This is a you know a book you could give to anyone and they would understand what it is about. They might not totally like it, but it's not going to be something, you know, just totally weird and off the wall. Um, so uh, yeah, what, 
<laughs> I think we're doing well. Way to go, us! <laughs> Excellent. Well, folks can find folks can find more of us uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Pocket Casts. Just search for the Todd and Taylor Show and subscribe. Don't forget to tell your friends. Uh, help us spread the word. And if you like Coffee and Comics, you know, leave a review. Tell your friends. Share it on social media. You can also find us. We are find us there. All one word, all lowercase, on Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. And, of course, findusthere.org. That's where you can find all our shows, past episodes, and other fun stuff from us. Great. Uh, Thank you again, Taylor. And uh, I will catch you next week. And we will catch all of you listeners for another episode of Coffee and Comics. See ya.